Welcome to Medical Minefield, where we talk about the ethical dilemmas at the heart of the health stories that matter the most. I'm Barney Kalman, health editor at The Mail on Sunday, and with me, as ever, is The Mail on Sunday's deputy health editor, Eve Simmons. Hello. Eve, I'm going to reveal something to you. <laughs> oh, 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 no, please keep it clean. <laughs> I've recently taken a fertility test. Ah, interesting. I've been reading about uh, the fact that men have a biological clock and it dawned on me at the age of 41 and child free, I think is the trendy term. I didn't even know if I could have kids. And so inspired by your recent article where you had a, did a smear test in the... Uh... Oh, did you go do one in the office, Lou? <laughs> no, I didn't. I oh, did it at home. You missed out. Um, that was wild. <laughs> however, I did do... In fact, I did two fertility tests. Wow. Because they're different kinds. <laughs> and I would like to tell you that you get different results. So you can have a kind of good, medium or crap result. Mm. And... At 41, I'm medium. Oh, how do they work that out? Well, I've also, I have to say that I've read these tests probably aren't very accurate, not that worth doing. They're a bit like a, it's a bit like a pregnancy style test mm. kind of thing where you do a, you put a little dropper. Yeah. 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 Well, I won't go into too much yes. detail on that. <laughs> Um, but the reason I'm, I'm talking about this is because this last week there's been a storm on social media that parents have been rallying against outdated terms that they say are unnecessarily negative used by the medical profession to describe older parents. For instance, the term geriatric mother or mother of advanced age. The uh, website or app Peanut. Uh, which is a, what is it? It's a fertility app. That's, it's sort of a community for new mothers and people on a fertility journey. They've been suggesting the term instead, 35 plus mother, to replace mother of advanced age. Mm. Or geriatric um, mother, as it's sometimes called. Although I, don't, I think that's that's not used as often now, from what I understand. Yeah, and there's other terms which do sound a bit mean to me, such as incompetent cervix, which... <laughs> is when you are at risk of miscarrying, which is, you know, obviously quite a serious thing. And to mm. also be told you you are at risk because your cervix is incompetent must be slightly, well, it must smart a bit. Inhospitable womb, failure to progress for slow labour. I mean, you've been looking into some of the other terms. Yes, I mean, similar hostile uterus which is commonly used during fertility treatment as well, which is just, you know, a really emotional, horrible journey to be on anyway. And then when you've got all of these terms thrown at you, I just can't imagine what that's like. Um, spontaneous abortion as well for a miscarriage, which isn't very nice. There's loads of them, it seems. And I'm not surprised that women are now saying, hang on a minute, can we not change this? And there were scores of women who took to social media to say that they'd had these terms said to them and that it had been upsetting yeah, and not only upsetting, some women have also said that it's affected their treatment, that it's meant that, you know, the midwives around them are more anxious and more worried about their pregnancy and say that they need to have more monitoring or maybe suggest medical interventions, whereas they're very keen on having things all natural and home births, etc. But the fact does remain that as we get older, we become less fertile. You know, obviously, I, I don't know what my starting point was, but maybe I always was a medium in the term of in terms of fertility. But um, we talk about biological clock. It's something that women are, are very aware of. 
but then at the same time, we see uh, mothers in in the media, you know, celebs mm. um, having babies in their forties or fifties. You know, I, I remember recently we wrote a piece about Naomi Campbell who said that she was just going to wait and technology would sort it out. She could have a baby any time she wanted. She may well be right, to be honest. Mm. Well, I don't know. I think sometimes there are things that you know money can't buy. Mm. Um, I think it's well. That's the thing, isn't it? It's that you know if you want all the interventions in the world and you want to spend throw as much money as you can at it you know there might be a chance that there's something that might be able to be done but you know for the majority of people when you reach a certain age it is very 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 difficult and you know most people don't want to put themselves through that emotional trauma i mean obviously there are some terms which are just unnecessary but I wonder whether by trying to neutralise all the language around it, what we're trying to do is insulate ourselves against the reality of the fact that when you're 35 plus as a parent, you are of advanced age, you are nearing the end of your fertility cycle and, you know, you are at more risk from complications during pregnancy. So are we trying to sculpt language around how we'd like the world to be rather than how it really is medically. Mm. It's um, a fine line, isn't it? Absolutely. Mm. Uh, I think over to you because you've got someone on the line who has been personally affected. By yeah, it. so on the line now I have Faye Miller um, and she's a mother of three from Brighton. And Faye gave birth to her youngest child, Charlie, in 2019 at the age of 41. Faye, with your most recent birth, the doctors didn't use terms like geriatric pregnancy or anything like that, but they did use something that was equally um, off-putting, didn't they? They did indeed. They, they used advanced maternal age quite regularly, to be honest. They didn't say geriatric ever, but advanced maternal age was one that I heard more than once. So you were 40 when you were pregnant and 41 yes. when you gave birth. And yes. so was this used along the whole of your pregnancy then? Yeah, right the way through, right from the very beginning, right the way through to giving birth, basically. And how did it make you feel? It was a bit irritating and annoying, to be honest, because I conceived naturally, quite happily and easily. I was fit and healthy throughout my pregnancy. And whilst I was grateful for the extra scans I had because of my age, I just felt a little bit irritated saying, because of your age. And I kept thinking, well, I know I'm really fit and healthy and probably fitter than people 10 years younger than me. Some some people, obviously, not some others. And it just, it just, it, I felt it was a, a bit ageist for want of a better description, to be honest. And you've had two children previously, sort of 10 yeah. years before that. Did you notice yeah. a stark difference in the way you were treated? Yeah, very much so, I suppose, because I was 28 when I had my first and 31 when I had my second. So it was never mentioned then. I mean, I had the same scans to test for Downs, the nuchal fold scan for all three of the pregnancies. And in actual fact, the difference between when I was 28 and the difference when I was 40, there was virtually no difference at all and I know they obviously had to test these things I'm very grateful for it but no one ever said you know because of your age until I hit 40 and then it was because of your age because of your advanced maternal age that they started saying that basically. Wow and you also found that those assumptions about your age affected your treatment ultimately didn't they can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, it did. It did to a degree because my first two were hospital births. The second one was a very rapid birth and I, I would have wanted to have her at home. But that, that's another story. Uh, so I definitely wanted to have my third one at home. And I was I was adamant about that because I, I just knew it would be fine. I knew I could cope with it all at home. And um, my partner was supportive. 
and I had some midwives that absolutely supportive said absolutely fine but then I had others that said well you know if you hit 40 weeks then we we'll want to induce you so you have to go into hospital which is not what I wanted at all ultimately I did have the birth I wanted at home and it was brilliant couldn't have asked for a better birth but they did they, I did feel like there was a bit of pressure on me to acquiesce and to go to hospital where I could be monitored more closely even though there was absolutely no apart from my age there was no reason there was no indicators obviously if they said you've got high blood pressure or this is wrong or that's wrong or we have to check you I would have done but there was nothing apart from my age that was the only reason that I could see that they wanted me to not do it at home not everyone as I said I had very supportive midwives that were totally fine with the idea did they say it would be a better idea, given your age, that you are in hospital? I did have that once or twice. As I say, most of them were great, but a couple of times I had different ones. They were saying, you really should, um, you know, think about being induced and going into hospital. And I was kind of like, no, I don't want to be. I want to let nature take its course as far as possible. Faye, there's a campaign now to sort of eradicate some of these terms that are seen as hugely stigmatising to women who have babies kind of later in life. What do you think about some of these terms such as, you know, geriatric mother, but also hostile yeah. uterus and incompetent cervix and those kind of things? What's your view yeah. on those words? I think, it, 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 I mean, obviously giving birth is an amazing thing and you're, you're growing a human being. And I think those terms imply that you're somehow not... I don't know what the right word is for it, that you're not quite capable of doing it properly, almost, that somehow you're lacking, I think. And that, that's obviously a wrong impression to give to mothers, to mothers-to-be, especially if it's first time around and you're nervous about everything and you don't know what to expect. I think particularly terms like geriatric, I mean, as I say, they never use that with me, but advanced maternal age was not brilliant either. I think it, it, geriatric, sort of in my mind, brings to someone who's sort of, you know in their 80s or 90s and at the end of their life it doesn't it doesn't spring to mind someone who's about to give birth and bring new life into the world and I think from my point of view it's interesting as well that you know my partner is 20 years older than me so obviously he's quite a bit older and a much older dad brilliant dad but a much older one and no one ever said to me oh he's a bit old to be a dad is he you know he's a bit geriatric it was me that they they were concerned about you know that's really interesting yeah so no one mentioned it It wasn't it wasn't brought up as a sort of as a thing as it were no not at all no just my age so but yes I think it's a good idea to you know change the way they uh, I've got tough skin I can take it I don't mind too much but I think some people especially it can be quite hurtful to be told you've got an incompetent cervix or that you've got as you say a hostile uterus and I've had friends that have been through those situations and it's heartbreaking for them it really is so I just think a little bit more understanding in the terms they use would go a long way. Faye, it's been great to chat to you. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I thought that was fascinating that she was labelled mother of advanced age or, or whatever it was. And then her partner, who is 20 years older than her, had no label like that. It wasn't even brought up. I mean, he, he must have been... So she was 40 when she was pregnant, so he must have been 60. And not an eyebrow was raised. I suppose, though, it does refer to the risk to the mother and the fetus during pregnancy and then birth. So it sort of makes sense as well. It's not, it's not necessarily a judgment. You know, it's a medical term of description that just happens to be offensive and probably quite sexist yes deeply offensive but also there are risks that are associated with they say aged sperm there's chromosomal problems that can happen as the man gets older and there's an increased risk of various behavioral 
conditions, including ADHD and autism, that's been linked to older men, um, men over 45, I think, that the risk increases significantly. So mm, yeah. the fact that clinical staff aren't aware of this seems pretty bonkers. Look, I think next we should get the, the medical view of the situation. With us now is Dr. Geeta Nagan, a consultant gynaecologist and fertility pioneer. Thanks for finding some time to talk to us. It's not uncommon these days for first-time parents to be in their 40s or even 50s. So should we be doing away with terms like geriatric mother or mother of advanced age to describe pregnant women aged 35 and over? I wouldn't use these terms, but look, it's not the language that matters. What is important is um, to know that there's a strong correlation between subfertility and increasing age. And the facts are what are important and to get those facts across to women and also men about the effect of their age on their fertility. I mean, on social media, lots of people were saying they didn't like these terms because they'd had babies in their 40s or, or older. It was a usual thing to do. So why not use neutral language? Why be negative at all? Well, it's not about being negative. It's about being factual. Um, a woman's fertility rapidly declines from her mid-30s. Natural conception rates uh, go down and we do know that natural conception rates are around 20% per cycle when a woman is uh, 30 years of age. And that falls to uh, around 5% per cycle by the time she gets to 40. So in other words, fertility halves between the ages of 35 and 40, and then halves again between the ages of 40 to 42. So it is quite important that we give the woman the impact of biological age on her fertility so that she can make plans uh, about how to approach her fertility if she wants to have a family with her own ex. So when we talk about many women having babies in their 40s and 50s, we have to look at what methods they have used to have babies because it's not uncommon for women to be using donor eggs so we really need to give the right message to women so that they are not misled. When you say it's not uncommon uh, for women to use donor eggs, I mean, I've heard you mention before that older celebrity mothers do this and then they don't tell anyone. And this creates a kind of misleading impression, I suppose, that, that it's easy to become a mother in your 50s, for instance. That's absolutely true which is what worries me when celebrity mothers say that I had a baby when I was in my early 50s or late 40s. They really need to spell out that they used donor eggs or they used eggs frozen from before when they were younger to have babies because without that, women would think it's easy for them to have babies in their mid-40s or late 40s because that is not true because there's a sharp decline and women need to know when the fertility stops with their own eggs. I know some people have, have felt that you have perhaps been a bit insensitive to the feelings of older mothers. But in fact, I understand your viewpoint comes from seeing the frustrations and upset that parents face when they try to get pregnant and can't in older age. You very much call for people to try and have babies at a younger age, don't you? 
Yes, I have done that because it's quite important to educate women and let them know about their chances of having babies and all factors involved, including age. And that's why I have previously said that if women are ready when they're in their early 30s, when I say ready, I mean physically, emotionally, financially, and socially ready to have a family, then they shouldn't delay that. But then many women are not ready in their early 30s. So what we need to do is to give them the correct information and not misleading information like how some celebrities are doing. And we, I mean, this conversation has revolved around the woman's biological clock, but we now know that men have a biological clock too, that, that you know, just like, you know, you see older mums, you know, like, I don't know, Nicole Kidman or whatever, giving birth in their 40s or 50s, that we see Mick Jagger having children in his 70s, but this isn't the norm either. It isn't. In fact, infertility has for too far long been treated as an all-female issue. Yet, you know, we have one in six couples with fertility problems in our country, and in half of those cases who are experiencing fertility problems, it is the man's infertility that is the problem. And we do know that men also have a biological clock, and advancing paternal age is linked to reduction in quantity and quality of sperm. And so what we say is generally that from the age of 40, and especially from the age of 45, there is a reduction in quantity and quality of man's sperm, and therefore their fertility is affected. So it's quite important we give this message. And, and you know what, as we also know that advancing paternal age is linked to increasing mental health disorders in, in the offspring. And, you know, we know now that when we look at the age, it takes longer for a man and his partner to conceive if the man is over the age of 45, even if the woman is younger, and there's a higher chance of miscarriage because of paternal age. So we do need to talk about the impact of man's age on fertility as well. And what I really call for is really the introduction of fertility education in secondary schools because we have an obligation to empower our young people with information about fertility so that they can plan for future to protect their fertility or to prevent their infertility. And we have an obligation to do that. Dr Nargan, thank you so much for finding some time to talk to us. Hi, sorry to interrupt your listening, but there's another great podcast from the Mail on Sunday you might want to try. Liz Jones's Diary, The Podcast, offering a weekly look into the life of Britain's most unfiltered columnist. That's me. Find us at mailplus.co.uk. I have a lot of respect for Geeta Nargand, but I do not think that we need to be teaching children and teenagers about fertility. Really? I think it's... I mean, why not put it in the curriculum? Oh, why? please. As if they don't have enough <laughs> to worry about. Now we're going to tell them their biological clock is ticking. But it's just no, the truth. But there's lots of truths that teenagers don't need to find out until they absolutely need to find out. Yeah, but you know? don't you think it sometimes comes as a shock to people? Yeah, perhaps, but I think what's going to happen is that the boys will say, oh, I don't care, let me go and play on my PlayStation or whatever, and the girls are going to be lumbered with this horrid pressure 
to go out and find someone to have a baby but with. She, she was immediate, Which is hard enough, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> but she was saying level that playing field as well. She was saying that boys need to understand that they can't just be like Mick Jagger or whoever it is that they would know about. Yeah, good luck. I mean, you're dealing with the patriarchy there. I don't think it's going to come overnight. Oh, the patriarchy. I've said it. There you go. <laughs> well, there you have it. Fertility medicine is sexist. Clearly. It absolutely is, like everything else. <laughs> I'll stop there. I don't know. I, I still think maybe... You know, maybe people are being a bit oversensitive, especially when it comes to the advanced age stuff. I mean, it's just a fact, isn't it? You know, you are of advanced age. You know, I, I would like to have had the result with my fertility test saying that, you know, I had the swimmers of a 20 year old, you know, but, uh, you know, that is not the reality of the situation. And I guess, you know, that women have to, you know, accept the same thing. I think that's true, but I do think that there's a common misconception. I mean, when I was looking into this, what I thought was really interesting is I've always thought that at the age of 35, your fertility just falls off a cliff is the phrase that, you know, has been sort of drilled into us since the age of 19 or something. But actually, that's really untrue. It's really, if you want to use that phrase, it would be more factually accurate to use it above the age of 40. But certainly comparing 35, 36, 37 year olds facility to a 27 year old, I think there's like two or three percent difference if you're having frequent sex over the course of a year. Oh, that's interesting that you mentioned that. A lot of the time I've heard uh, fertility doctors say that the big problem with couples who are trying to have children and failing to do so is just because they're not shagging enough well i mean <laughs> i mean that's why the data is so muddy because obviously old well i say obviously i know this is a an assumption but the older people tend to be the less frequent their sexual activity tends to be so it's difficult to not that they'd admit it no. I mean, look, I'm sure that that is a huge misconception and we'll have many older people writing in to tell me I'm wrong. But from what I've read in the literature, it seems to be that this is a problem. But it often I think it's because when people are trying to have kids, uh, they're kind of, you know, that they've slogged and slogged throughout their 20s and 30s to get the career going. And they've reached that stage where they're like, you know, I've got enough money let's do it and they're exhausted anyway they just want to sleep all the time yeah yeah so the idea of shagging five times a week which is probably what you need to be doing yeah apparently it's three shagging times is the medical term by the way three, yeah <laughs> three times it's three times a week apparently is the minimum i mean I'm, I'm i not think it's anything. a lot for i think that's a lot for a couple uh, thank that have you. Been together. i'm so glad you said that <laughs> For couples that, but you know, I mean, when you first meet someone, that's what you're, you know, that's what you're up to. But then, you know, there's the line of duty, there's other important things like washing and, uh, yeah. you know, the laundry. Cleaning. <laughs> what else do you have to do? I exactly. Know. Reading books, not talking to each other, pretending that you're still interested in each other when you'd rather... <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so really what we're talking about is a problem with the way that people are behaving, not their biology. Yeah, Perhaps. So maybe it means that we're focusing too much on the swimmers and the like and, and the woman's eggs and whatever. And actually, if the chances of getting pregnant would be so much better if people were just shagging all the time. I think we should reframe the term geriatric. What if it's a wonderful, positive thing that you're geriatric? You're... And that you've managed to get pregnant. Yeah, exactly. You've lived to a good age and you're healthy, hopefully, and... You know, prosperous. 
I know doctors have said, you know, that these terms aren't very much used anyway. I think Dr. Ellie Cannon, who uh, writes for us, said these kinds of debates only exist on social media anyway. I definitely think there's something to that. It's a microcosm of something that... Of the perpetually offended. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> right, before I, I tie up, I must also tell you, Eve, did you know that most men carry two-headed sperms? No, I didn't. Oh, I want to say tell me more, but also I don't want to. Well, don't worry. It doesn't mean that you have some kind of weird two-headed baby. They're non-viable. You, you're not going to get knocked up from a two-headed sperm, which is another medical term. Thank you. I find that terrifying. All of that, I don't want to know. But there you go, listeners. Something you've never asked for. Don't <laughs> don't say we don't give you anything. Exactly. You get it all on the medical minefield. And with that, I'm going to say that we have to finish. You'll find all the latest health news in this weekend's The Mail on Sunday and visit mailplus.co.uk to listen to all of our podcasts free and in full. You can also follow us on Twitter by searching at mailplus. We'll be back with another fascinating topic on Medical Minefield next week. So see you then. 